So, Liam, you obviously, this went to court, but you mm. didn't actually get a custodial and you got off what seems quite lightly and probably because you said that, you know, you were a, a heavy user of ecstasy. Yeah. Um, basically, I got found guilty. There was a few things that the police did that went in my favour. Um, like eating the pills? <laughs> <laughs> no, like basically, obviously it had been talked about in all the interviews as ecstasy, ecstasy, ecstasy. Yeah. But it had come back as something less than a class A. It come back as a substance as a class C. So you had shit so I had pills. shit pills at the time, yeah, <laughs> which was amazing. Well, that's a lifesaver. That's the but difference. But I was still looking at one to three years. Yeah, what was it? But was there still MDMA in them? Um, I don't know, but no. I just remember my bar. I can't remember exactly what they'd come back. I did. I don't think they give you the testing. It's just like they've come back as 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 a class C, and 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 the judge. Who was set when it comes to the sentencing? Yeah, he was like, the, you know, the police have made a major error here because everywhere it's being mentioned, it's you know, he said if you're selling paracetamols as ecstasy, you still get charged as, as ecstasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's your intent. You're still intending to sell something to somebody, so you can still get done for selling something as ecstasy when it's not ecstasy. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, what, shit, the, that's what the judge. That's what the judge said. Um, he said they made, you know, they made they made a mistake. You should have still been getting tried for a class A. And mm -hmm. anyway, when when I got sentenced, my my bar my brief was still like, you know, you're probably going to still do a year. Um, so I got rid of all my stuff. Yeah, like you moved out of my getting flat. Getting head ready for getting ready to go to prison you? for a for a, for a year. But I thought oh, I'll probably if I get if I get a year, I'll do three months or something more. Um, and part of me wanted to go to prison because I was so disillusioned with the world. I just wanted yeah. some headspace. It was like pressure on to earn money, to make my girlfriend happy, to make this person happy, to figure out what, it's, what to do with my life. And I'd always wanted to write a book, but I didn't know what I wanted to write a book about. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can go to prison and write a book. And I was like, oh, what if I get bummed though? I might get bummed. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not the ugliest of blokes. I might still, I might just get like passed around. I was like, fuck. And I thought, I don't know anyone in southern prisons. These are the type of things that go through your head, though. All these mean? things are going through my head, in, you know, when you're waiting to get sentenced. And then he, he said, yeah, 150. I, got, I did get some amazing references off friends and family yeah. and, you know, professional people, teachers. Um, That's and, the universe, perhaps inadvertently, you know, because they'd made the errors and mm -hmm. they were class C and everything else. That it's synchronicity alignment in your favour again helping you yeah totally totally yeah. everything was everything always just just fell into place and I still was... when you you got nicked and you're winking at that girl as you're being dragged into police <laughs> fans I can't get that image in my head and just go oh, don't worry love I'll be back for you love <laughs> I'll be back in an hour, back in an hour. <laughs> yeah yes yeah. was that was that was the awakening and it all me all my friends were like, oh, when you get the court case out of the way and you know what's happening, um, you'll, you know, you'll be happier. And I was like, I won't, it's not that. I know, I knew it wasn't that. Mm. I was, I was, I was destroyed inside. My soul wanted something else. And, yeah. but by not going to prison, my girlfriend took me to India. Yeah. And this is, well, a beautiful experience and the start, you, you've actually been more than once, haven't you? you know, I've been loads of times now, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. where I did my yoga teacher training. But when I, I obviously meant to go in 2007 when my yeah. mum died. 
so this is 2000, the end of 2011, and my girlfriend goes, if you don't go to prison, we'll, we'll go to India. She'd been before, so she takes me to India, and it's just, just mind-bendingly different and You discovered beautiful. yoga then, and that yeah. was the start of your spiritual awakening, the shift. Yeah, well, I think, the, I think the 12 steps was start, part of the spiritual yeah. awakening. I kind of feel like I had a few awakenings, like the thing with the Norwegian girlfriend. Yeah. I got big into the environment and sustainability, and the climate and the earth as this mother, um, and then the spiritual awakening, when you realise them other two things actually were part of your spiritual awakening as well. They're an element of a spiritual awakening, just an expansion of consciousness, an expansion of awareness in your mind of seeing different things in different ways than your kind of postage stamp thing where you've been brought up, yeah. you know what I mean? I always like meeting people that made me see things differently. Sometimes I didn't want mm. to. You think, you know, as a human being, you can still have an open mind, but you can think, okay, I've got this bit figured out. I'm right about this. And then somebody says, ah, but what about if you look at it from over here? And mm -hmm. I'm like, no way. Yeah, Never yeah. thought about it like that. And I feel my mind expanding. Mm. And you can meet people that, that can do that to you. Yeah, they can yeah. expand your mind. So whenever I meet somebody that makes me see things a little bit differently, that mm. maybe alters my perception or my opinions, yeah. I, that excites me. I, li I like it. Totally. You They're know. the teachers that we should be like yeah. striving towards meeting yeah. or not even yeah they are teachers they might be a tramp on the, on the street they might be your girlfriend's violent stepdad or something they might have a pearl of wisdom for you that can change yeah. the way you view things in a more positive way forever you know i used to say to my mates uh that i love being wrong and i was wrong all the time because mm. every time i was wrong about something i obviously i learned something yeah, if yeah. you think oh, you can have your opinion and think you're right. The second you realise you're wrong, you've just learned something. You've learned mm -hmm. that's not right. Yeah, There's yeah. another way. Maybe look at it this way. And so I was wrong all the time. I'm still mm -hmm. wrong all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's what and, India does to you on a massive scale, though, because everything's the opposite way of what mm -hmm. you would imagine mm -hmm. things to be over here. You know what I mean? It's it's chaos. It, it's it's it beautiful. Works, it, it smells. Yeah. yeah, it works and it doesn't work. And you're like... You're kind of like searching for this happy medium between yeah. the Indian life and the the Western life. I they call it. I think the um, the bobble kind of thing with the head, and you'd meet somebody, an Indian person, and a lot of them, they don't nod or shake the head. Yeah. It's the same movement. Yeah, they just do it. And you, so, so is it over <laughs> there? And they go like. Are you, I don't understand. Is it over there? And like, and you, yeah, yeah. They don't and, like and, to say no. No. And initially it's frustrating and then you yeah. realise it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So. It's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's funny as well. Yeah. So you, you've been to India mm -hmm. and then that must have sort of wet your taste buds and you're off. You're travelling then. You decide. Uh, well, actually, it, it, I come back from India. I'm still in the depression. I moved back to Manchester to do me community service yeah. Um, because How I wanted to get away from, I hated London. I never liked London. Yeah. Just energy vampire of a place. But I didn't know how to get out. Community service was, was, was horrible for free sessions. And then they moved me into a charity shop. They went, you're, you're all right. These, these, you know, these kids who are 25 burning the seats that have got 50 hours community service that have now incurred 500 because they've not turned up because they're just useless human beings. And you're like, what if you had 50 hours and now you've got 500 wow like yeah. i did my i was like i'm gonna treat this as a full-time job 
I'm going to do as many hours I can do every week that it's gone can crack on with my life rather yeah. than oh I'm going to fit it in here and there yeah, and I was like nah yeah, sleep at my dad's bosh it out yeah. I ended up working in this charity shop it was amazing like just making brews yeah. setting stuff up not painting fences or picking rubbish up then Nothing. You I did it for free I did that, that for three it? days and yeah. they knew I was like a decent person so they just put me in the charity yeah. shop is it at this time that you then go travelling no so it's about so it's like the end of 2012 I go travelling so I moved back I end up moving back in with my stepdad and my sister, which is like, never thought I'd ever, ever do that. Like moving yeah. to, it's like me, what would call as my mum's house, you know what I mean? But yeah. my mum was dead. But then at the same time, my friend Catherine that I'd grew up with had moved back in with her mum and dad, which was facing my house. And she'd been having a lot of drugs and drink problems. And she'd started seeing angels and demons, I think, thinking she's lost the plot. You know what yeah. I mean? I've done the 12 steps, but only up to step 10. So I've still not surrendered to having a spiritual awakening. I'm like, I don't need any of that bullshit. I don't need to be calling people. You know what I mean? It's got me out of prison. I feel a bit better. I'm being nicer to people. I'm getting me miss, mates, missus flowers when I go around for something to eat. Yeah. Being a nicer person, you know what I mean? Don't want any of that spiritual awakening shit. Nah, not for me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Catherine starts going on this journey. So then I start spending more time with her because we're, you know, we're good mates. She's doing little card readings. We're going to little healing things and it starts creeping in. And then yeah. I start to realize I am having a spiritual awakening and I'm going through all this trauma. I'm still depressed. I'm still not enjoying things. I'm still suicidal occasionally, but I'm opening up more to a more spiritual life. We're going to meditation groups we're going to healings we're going to workshops you know what i mean yeah. and i'm like committing to it i'm like going to mind body and spirit little yeah. festivals and uh and stuff and it just starts happening and then by the end of 2012 i meet this woman at a workshop she's got a guided meditation advanced in gatley which is the little village that i lived in i'm like yeah. how the fuck's gatley got a spirit advanced spiritual meditation group you know what i mean yeah. um she said I'm going to Guatemala for the end of the buying calendar with a pilgrimage group. Would you like to join us? And I just started reading about this end of the mind calendar stuff and having a spiritual awakening and yeah. all these prophecies and ancient civilizations yeah. that are all focusing on this point at this end of this calendar to start this new age. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come. I had no money. I was on the dole. Like I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. And then I went to do my level one healing course and at that moment afterwards, I was at the bus stop with Catherine, my friend. And I was like, right, I'm coming off the dole, coming off all benefits. And I'm just going to work my ass off to make the money to go there. Then I realise that earth ships have yes. got, I've always wanted to go and do my earth ship thing. I've gone for this psychic reading. The psychic said, your grandma say, you need to go and book the thing that you've been putting off booking. So go home that night, book the Earthship Academy, realise that the Earthship have got a building in Guatemala just after I finish the pilgrimage. So I can do the pilgrimage, go and do the building in Guatemala, yeah. then travel overground to through Mexico into the States and go and do my Earthship yeah. building academy. Alignment, like, synchronicity, alignment, synchronicity, constantly. It was just, it was just, it was just crazy. Yeah. So yeah, then I end up in Guatemala for the end of the Mayan calendar. 
12 months after having a spiritual awakening. I was like, perfect timing. I've yeah. just gone and done drugs all my life. And I'm like, no, I'm ready. I don't have to do it. Ah, oh, perfect. Uh, the Reverend Michael Beckwith says, the universe will correspond to the nature of your song. So mm. whatever you're feeling, when you start with a spiritual awakening, you're experiencing joy and bliss, this spiritual community, your spiritual family just starts to appear out of mm. nowhere. And then these experiences, you get the opportunities and it all starts to fall into place. Yeah, know? it's just... And actually on the trip, the amount of things that fell into place, it was like, it was like I was in Harry Potter or something, you know what I mean? I was just like, whoa, just bending my mind all the time. It's so beautiful. I like, you described yourself as a hippie energy healer and a veggie now at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you'd arrived. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, that's how, that, that's how I've kind of, yeah, 12 months before or a couple of years before being a lager drinking, xenophobic. Football hooligan. Say, sexist, mildly racist. <laughs> Womanising. Just the consequence of my surroundings. this, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Womanising. <laughs> Xenophobic. Just everything, all the isms, you know, but that was just, that was just the consequence of my growing up. That was, you know, and there's still friends of mine who are still like that, but they've never, they've never grown. So oh. I can't think bad and look bad at them because they're just the consequence of the surroundings, the consequence of their environment. Yeah. And until they break free of that, that's all they're I, ever going to be. But it's the choices you make. And at any point, at any point, you can stop, just stop what you're doing, reassess and start to make better choices. And mm. I, I say in the book, the quote, a successful life is simply this. It's one good decision followed by another. The second you make mm. two consecutive good decisions, you're moving, you've changed direction, you've given yeah, momentum. Yeah. But it's difficult, you know, and some people, and it's, I know people like this, Nothing changes. They don't get mm. where they want to go and they start to feel like they're trapped and they're a victim. Yeah, yeah. And then they think, okay, this is it. This is my lot. Nothing's mm. ever going to change. And that's usually when they start to hit the drink really hard, you know, Absolutely, when you yeah. give up. Yeah. You know? But what by they give up, but because they've not been willing to give anything up, it's like, I'm so attached to this yeah. lifestyle. I'm so yeah. attached to these things. I'm just scared like the, of losing. Yeah, the amount yeah. of people who've said to me, oh, Liam, seeing your pictures, like South America, when you're in Australia, when you're in India, it looks like, I'd love to do that. But I, I don't know, I would ever, I've not got the money. I'm like, you've got a 300 grand house. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have a bean to my name yeah. when I went, I, I went, any, you could just sell your house and actually go traveling for the rest of your life if yeah. you wanted to. That's attachment for you, isn't it? Fear, fear of totally, change yeah. and attachment, you know, and yeah, you become yeah. settled and you become cemented in your comfort zone. Mm. And once you can't get outside of that, not much is going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Like it's scary coming back. I've come back to nothing so many times and you're like, oh, I'm going to do what it's like. Yeah. I've, I've it's been in, in, in bed sits. I've, I'm either usually wealthy or I have nothing and I'm in a bed set. And, and that's happened on as long as you're happy in several both states, occasions fine, in my life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe tell people what an earthship is because I had to ask you, I didn't know. So I guess the easiest reference for a lot of people is there was one on Grand Designs and it's the ones that they build the, the, the structural walls out of tyres, they pound earth into the tyres. Yeah. But earthship is like, a, it's by an architect called Michael Reynolds. He's got a, film called the garbage warrior which was the thing that got me into it i saw it on channel four yeah. and he's just been building um buildings from recyclable materials, materials yeah. but using physics the natural phenomenon of the earth so the tires work as big batteries that they get earth filled over the top of them as well so you almost got like a hill 
yeah. that's created. So you go 50 centimetres below the ground, the temperature's always 18 wherever you are in the world. If yeah. you've got soil, you go yeah. 50 centimetres down, it's 18. So he's using that phenomenon. So and he, the south facing glazed at the front, so at an angle that maximises the winter sun. Yeah. So it works like a greenhouse. So it heats up in the day. The tyres, so this is in Taos in New Mexico. Yeah. It's like in the winter, minus 30, you know, something yeah. like that. They get quite a lot of sun, but it's minus 30 and it'll be, you know, really cold in the evening. Yeah. Um, so it gets the, the daylight sun. These tyres work as a battery. The heat obviously attracts to the cold, so it goes into the tyres. The tyres then heat up during the day. And then obviously when it goes cooler at night, this space, the living space gets cool. So how physics works, the heat goes into the cold and then it, so it heats the space to 18 degrees. If there's yeah. a discrepancy, it will pull heat out of the earth yeah. into the building. Yeah, so could, that building is always 18. Because so, it's, it's the bigger object, isn't it? The earth's going to heat that space before the space is going to heat the earth. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just, it's just, a, just a, it's just a beautiful philosophy. Yeah. So yeah, I went and worked with them, built them. It pounded a lot of tires. Yeah. Yeah. Ayahuasca had been on my mind for a little, you know, quite a while. Yeah. Especially 12 months in the spiritual circles. You hear about it a lot. I had to give it a lot of thought before I did it. Mm. Weighed it up before I decided it was what I needed to do. And a lot of people that do it, like I did, you're not doing it for recreational pursuits. I was doing it because I was desperate. The yeah, drugs yeah. didn't work. The recreational mm. drugs. The pharmaceuticals didn't work. I was desperately unhappy. Yeah, yeah. And I'd been suicidal. And ayahuasca, I thought it's worth a go. Yeah, I was exactly the same. That's what I wanted. I wanted it to somehow piece together the bits of my life. Like I was doing these so many different things and I didn't feel like they came together. I didn't know what my path was, what my purpose was. And I was really depressed and suicidal and I wanted to feel some joy. Um, and ayahuasca like went to town on me, you know, mm. I, I thought I'd, died at one point i thought i'd made my whole life up i thought i'd became insane i thought i was in a, yeah. a straight jacket in a mental institute and all yeah. my friends were going yeah if it was going to be somebody it'd be liam that'd lose his mind and end up like that yeah, yeah it was yeah. always going to be liam it was always because so everyone was laughing at me but and it was a horrific horrible horrible like nightmare but now it's like anything that throws at me in life it's like oh Fuck, yeah, yeah really. Gotta, really. <laughs> there's nowhere to hide. You've got you to face your fears, haven't you? And I, yeah. I remember I thought I had nothing left to lose. I have nothing left to lose. So I went and did it. It was very traumatic. And yeah, there's moments where you just sit up for a minute and just, I think there was about eight of us sat around. People are screaming, crying, vomiting. Mm. It's all going off. You're looking around and you think, what am I doing? What have I done? Mm. Uh, and then shortly after, I'm one of the people screaming and crying and shitting yeah, yeah, and throwing yeah. open. But at the other side of it, you realise then the fear, the fear lifted. And mm. then I started to think there was nothing I couldn't do because I wasn't worried about the consequences or what, what other people thought. I'd yeah. figured a lot of stuff out up to this point through meditation, but... This was a, a pivotal moment in my journey, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it definitely, yeah. So, I mean, it gives you such an extreme experience and extreme pain and discomfort and just disgustingness in some, in some aspects that then you come back and you're like, all oh, right, yeah, that, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. That's easy. That's nothing to be yeah. scared of. It kind of, it does give you that fearlessness, um, 
and you know it's, it did mess me up for quite a while after it yeah. it takes a while was, to process doesn't it oh, so yeah, much yeah. goes on and it took yeah, me yeah. months to like get my head around everything that's what I mean you it know. just and it finally sinks into place and yeah it was just it was just it was it was mad like the whole that whole experience was magical for me it really allowed me to step into my creative side the music writing yeah. teaching yoga like becoming myself and owning owning myself really rather than just sort of performing for people all the time so you've done ayahuasca and like with me i'd done ayahuasca and then lots of things started to happen and with you you've done your ayahuasca it's a little spider yeah i just saw that yeah i didn't know if it was a spider or a sugar steel i, I thought that's that. what it was at yeah. first but it's oh well sugar. i can just go on a camera leg or something yeah there we go Friday's are our spiders are our friends. <laughs> <laughs> if I sorry, see a, brother. You're sorry, it's good. If I see a spider somewhere and it's, you know, at home, I I just leave it be. Just leave you it know, to it, yeah. I, they don't trouble me at all. Spiders. Yeah. Jimmy D flies. It's yeah, all good. Exactly. <laughs> so you've done the ayahuasca, and then lots of things start to happen. We're going to talk about some of those now. So this is your more recent journey. Mm-hmm. The stuff you're here to talk about, really, we've not even started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What we're talking about, poetry and making music and teaching yoga and writing a book. So there's yeah. lots happened. Ayahuasca mm. was probably the catalyst and then woof, and then lots mm. happened, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So you moved back to Manchester then? So yeah, I started writing like um, a blog while I was traveling. And then it was just like, I started just writing loads and loads. And I was like, where's this coming from? And I was writing poetry, I was writing songs. And I didn't know where it was coming from. It had never been part of my life before. And it wasn't like I was trying. It was just what was coming out of me. Um, And then somebody, I'd got back from Peru and doing ayahuasca. And people were just, I was telling them stories. They're like, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. And it kept coming up. And I was like, who am I to write a book? I've got a fucking D in English, you know what I mean? I can't write a book. Um, And then I remember I ended up in hospital. I, I was really sick. Still, ne- they never figured out what it was, but I, all my balance went off. It was, wasn't long after I'd come back, but it felt yeah. like when I was walking, someone was smashing my heels with a sledgehammer. It was going all the way up into my head. I couldn't walk. I was just having to lie down. So anyway, I ended up in hospital, and they opened this magazine, and it's just like an article by a writer, how you get a book written. Yeah. It's just like the synchronicity of, I was just yeah. like, all right. And then I just was like, right, I'm, I'm writing a book now whatever it takes, I'm writing a book. And that was just like my focus for probably 18 months to get this book written, to move back to Manchester, living, uh, was living, end up living with a mate who's now in prison for like a long time. Yeah. Uh, I had that opportunity to get back into the drugs world with good opportunities, fi- financially rewarding opportunities, obviously with consequences. I didn't, I was, it was like, you know, he was an ex-Marine yeah. and living with this, I was now a hippie. I was meditating all the time. You know what I mean? It was yeah. our friends thought it was hilarious that we were living together. But he took me in. I didn't have anywhere to live at the time. He's a beautiful, beautiful human, yeah. really lovely, lovely man. Just still got caught up in this world that we're we're part of. That I resisted the urge to get get caught up in again. Yeah. At that point, you started making some better choices, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and not being like, oh, but. I'll have that money there and I'll be able to yeah. buy that and I can go there it's like no it's not part of my path anymore my path is yeah. about honesty truthfulness um yeah and doing the right doing something that's positive so your book is called dealer, dealer to, to healer. healer tell us the full title dealer to healer a modern tale of a fucked up male 
And if somebody wanted to read this book, they can buy it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, yeah. yeah. Or and give me a shout if you want a signed copy. I can send yeah. you one. Is it paperback and Kindle? Paperback and Kindle. The yeah. audio book's going to be ready in the next sort of month. Right, awesome. I've just, got, I've just got to say the end and send it to my editor. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't say the end. He was like, you just got to, I was like, how much are you going to pay me for that? He went, I'm yeah. not going to pay you for that. Yeah. Charge you. Written and read by yeah. Liam Brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the audio book will be, I love listening to audiobooks, especially if it's read by the author, written and narrated by the author themselves. And yeah. so you get to hear their voice and their expression talking about their life. And it really mm. works for me that. So, you know. See how it goes. I'd never done it before. So I was no. like, I feel like it got better as it, as it progressed, you know, like five, six chapters in. Yeah. I think it got better, but it was, I'd never do it again the way I did it. It was, no, what a, it was horrific. It was just like, it took over my life. I was just like, yeah. I couldn't relax. Same. I needed to get it done. And like it's, it's coming through you all the time. You can't switch it off. Yeah, and yeah. It's constant. I had to have a dictaphone and yeah, completely consumed by it when it was yeah, happening. Yeah. And it was exhausting. And I was glad when I'd finished, yeah. you know, but your book's been, it's had a lot of five-star reviews and it's been number one in its category on Amazon, but mm. same as mine. In, yeah. uh, I'm assuming a similar category. I think it was number one in death and bereavement and number one in self-help for a yeah. bit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been a success and obviously it's helping people. So that's yeah, it's, I think that's the main thing for me was that it, if it just inspired one person, I'd be happy. I always said that with the book. If it helped one person, then, then it's done its job. Totally, right. but it's an, it seems to be inspiring lots and lots of people um, getting every time I'm somewhere somebody tells me that they've read my book or a few people do and I'm just like yeah it, you know or people saying it's inspired me to do this to take positive action with this um it's made me realize my life's not that bad you know it's yeah. made me want to go traveling it's given me a kick up the eye. I'm like yeah man that's that's super super humbling which yeah. is beautiful if you do something and you inspire other people to make good choices mm -hmm. and do positive things in their life then that's totally. that's real success it's yeah. it's not monetary it's exactly. it's helping others that's yeah. what i mean that was it's upset people these people who've fallen out of me about the book because i've been yeah. honest in it i don't really care no. it's like Bingo. it's the truth if it's yeah. if it was if it was lying and like I, yeah it's fine but it is what it is. That's the book. That's the piece of work for me. That's the art. Like there's even people who've just read a chapter and fell out with me. I'm like, would you just look in the left-hand corner of the Mona Lisa and go, that's shit and offensive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Without seeing the whole of the picture. Yeah. I said, you need to read the whole thing. Mm. I said, because then it shows you that I've gone on a process and I've healed and forgiven and took responsibility for the stuff that's happened between us. So did you write the book before you started writing poetry or was you always, had you always written poetry? No, I think I'd written, no, I think it all sort of came at the same time. I started going out with this girl, um, she's actually English. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's from the Isle of Wight actually, so still free holidays, Classmates free holidays. Yeah. Um, and I think just had this, because I was trying to make positive change in my life and not be a cheating, not cheating stuff anymore. I'd made a like real effort to become truthful. You know what I mean? Through the 12 steps, I wanted to be honest. I wanted yeah. to be, because she'd been put off me by a lot of people and I didn't want all that to come true. And I was just infatuated with her in a, in a good way, not like, 
weird shit, you know yeah. what I mean? But she, I stalking. just wrote all this, po like, this poetry was pouring out of me about her, about life, about things. And then obviously, as then I went into the spiritual thing, more stuff was coming out of me. Yeah. And then music was coming out of me. And when I got back to Manchester, I was, all these poems, so many of them seemed like songs. And I was like, but who am I to like, I can't sing. I'm not into, I'm not, yeah. I was into music, but I'm not in the music world. You know what I mean? I'm not a musician. Um, how does it happen? But then I just thought, you know what? Through ayahuasca, I'm just going to meditate on what I want. I want somebody to come into my world that can help me turn my songs, my, my poems into actual songs that I can sing. Yeah. And meditated it on it all the time for maybe like a year. Eventually someone comes to one of my ceremonies. I've got a studio at my house. Do you want to come and uh third you've got a couple of songs you wanna do you wanna come and have a play around in the studio? Bosh, a year yeah. later, we just got ten grand in funding and made an album. Wow. <laughs> you I've seen one of your videos on YouTube. Yeah. And um, what's the name of that song? It's where you you talk like like the streets, that kind of thing. Oh, Juice say, Girl. That's it. She works in a cafe. She's got a knack for juicing. Yeah. First time I saw you, it's like your smile seduced me. Thought you looked cool and your tattoos were a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That that song actually, we're going to play it now. First time I saw you, it was like your smile seduced me Thought you looked cool and your tattoos were a beauty But that was all and we never got to talk A year later I came back, you were still in my memory Couldn't believe you were still juicing love balls I sat with my friend and drank my chai latte Daydreaming about being with you at a party Nervously I tried to start a conversation Asking you what you did with the bits that didn't go into the juice You said they went into the bin But you sure that something could be done with them I thought, thank God, sure she cares about them too She wasn't mine yet, but I thought that she could be She wasn't mine yet, but I wanted her to be she was a man yet, was she with someone else? She was a man yet, I just wanted us to dance Came in to look at you a few times You never seemed far from my mind I imagined being with you and all the cool things we could do But did you like me and would you remember me from before? So many people going in and out of that door Would I make an impression? I wasn't sure I spoke to your boss one day Asked her if her mum worked in a certain shop She said no, and I was no closer to knowing you The next thing I know, I'm sat on my computer Signed up to this cacao ceremony And you should come across my screen Only your boss and I thought, sweet I can ask her all about you The night that I would meet her drew closer Would I have the nerve to approach her? I wasn't sure, but I knew that this was my moment But then you walked in the door Your smile glued on me so potent And I said, it's so nice to meet you in the real world And not in your cap You said it was, and you were looking forward to getting to know me I thought, wow, getting to know me I just mouthed Right then and there, I just mouthed she wasn't mine yet, but I thought that she could be She wasn't mine yet, but I wanted her to be She wasn't mine yet, was she with someone else? She wasn't mine yet, I just wanted us to dance She tells me that her name is Lauren We have a hug and I'm feeling Lauren It feels nice and I sort of clumsily hug her twice We end up in a room with 27 other people One of my favourite numbers, but what number am I? Four, five, six hours past and my heart beats so fast I want to know all that you're doing bits about your past and just sit with you and laugh Throughout the ceremony my energy is on you I try and focus but I can't and from time to time I catch your passing glance We end up leaving it around the same time I try and make it not obvious that you're the only thing on my mind You're hovering around in the car park I like your car and ask you if you'd take me out in that You say yes and I guess that is that I 
say about my VW camper, you say don't tell me anymore, I fall in love with you on the spot, I think well, why don't you, that'd be good. The next thing I know, we're out in the country, walking down a canal and I'm thinking, how did this all work out, how did this all work out? She is a man, yet there's a good chance she will be. She is a man, yet but it's looking quite likely. She is a man, yet she'll get rid of someone else. She is a man, yet and we just started to dance. She is a man, yet there's a good chance she will be. She is a man, yet but it's looking quite likely. She is a man, yet she'll get rid of someone else. She is a man yet and we just started to dance Just go Just go Just go Is that how you know Jenny Berry? Poetry. Through poetry? Yes. No. It's because you, no, no. she's a poet and she's been a poet for years and she's yeah, worked yeah. in prisons and stuff as no, well. No, I'd never heard of J Jenny until... So I've been doing my cacao ceremonies pretty much since I went to Guatemala in 2012 and worked with a shaman there yeah. with cacao. I'd never even knew it was a plant medicine before. 100% cacao is like non-bastardised chocolate. So it's with got... all, its, all its nutrients, all its goodness, all its chemicals, all the dopamine, like yeah. all its anandamide, all the theobroma, like everything that's good for you that makes it a superfood is in cacao. Every time it gets processed, it comes into the chocolate. So if you get a piece of chocolate in the shop that's 87%, cocoa or something it's not it's already been bastardized by 50 percent, so it's 87 percent right. of 50 percent of cacao ah. and cacao is get, a plant I've, medicine i've had green and black chocolate and it's mm. a high percentage yeah, cacao yeah, yeah. uh really dark chocolate but mm. still that's nothing like no it's uh yeah it's just it's been used for thousands and thousands of years in in, in mainly in mesoamerica like um the Mayans, the Incas, the Aztecs used it um, as in ceremony, but also as like their like we use in the West coffee. They use it because it doesn't have the ups and downs of coffee. It's kind of like more of a mallow ride, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's 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 still it's the love chemical, you know what I mean? That's why the whole world's addicted to chocolate. That's why it's seen as this romantic, sexual kind of food you know what i mean yeah. it's connected to romance and love it's all about the heart chakra it's all about opening the heart chakra cacao yeah. i'm gonna come and do this with you in the not too distant yeah, future yeah. yeah so i'm excited about that <laughs> you're gonna love it bro it's yeah. amazing but yeah jenny jenny one of my students was friends with jenny and jenny came to my ceremony and loved it and she'd sent me an email actually because she wants me to do a ceremony with her and her husband because I do little couples ones or I do one-to-ones with other people. Yeah. And it just allows, a, for the couples one, it just allows a deeper connection for you to connect more energetically, for you to free up stuff that maybe has been bothering you and harping, har, you know, 
yeah. agitating each other for a little while. We we try and get rid of that or we discuss it and we bring love into the situation. Yeah. How can we discuss this with an open-hearted love sensation coming through us? And then they'll go and have an amazing sex. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll leave Already. them to that. I'll be gone by then. <laughs> uh, but Jenny Berry, when she emailed me, I was like, Jenny Berry, what a top name, Jenny Berry. I was like, Jenny Berry, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah. So as a shaman, are you are you going down that path? You know, because you you're doing these ceremonies. Are you going to train as a shaman? Do you think? Um, Is it something you know. thought about? I don't know. I want to do a lot more training with my yoga. Yeah. Not that um, just to deepen my own knowledge um, and to have more congruency with with my students. You know what I mean? Just have more depth to what I'm what I'm talking, what I'm teaching. Because the yoga rave thing is is just getting bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah. As for the medicine, plant medicine work, it, yeah, maybe. We'll s I'm just going to see what happens. Like, even just calling myself a medicine man. I've not, I've never done that, but my one of my shaman teachers was like, you know, you're a medicine man. I was like, what? Yeah. What? And then I was like, well, I am, aren't I? Because yeah. I'm serving people plant medicine. I'm holding space for big groups of people. Yeah. I'm all, I'm instigating healing like through another channel like the cacao's coming into the space and doing its work but i'm being given that facilitation role you know what i mean and I'm, these people are coming and having amazing experiences through the cacao and the space that i'm holding so yeah i'm a medicine man and i've got to try and own that it just sounds yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. like well, you know what i mean you'll know you'll know yourself <laughs> The first time somebody asks you to sign a book, you feel ridiculous, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought, ooh. And, yeah. and then now I don't bat an eyelid and it happens quite mm -hmm. a lot. And yeah, it's it's getting over your own insecurities or your own ego or thinking you're not worthy or whatever mm -hmm. and just, just letting it flow. Yeah, you know? it's because we're so attached to this upbringing that we've had. Like I'm like, how can a kid from Withingshaw, like from South Manchester, from a working class background, become a medicine man? But then... I'm forgetting that I've lived many, many lifetimes, like, and just been training in many, many lifetimes for this incarnation at this time. Like, so many people on the planet at the moment, because 2012 is such a pivotal thing. You go yeah. to indigenous communities and ceremonies, and they're going, all our ancestors always talked about this date. We're the lucky ones to be arrive, alive now because monumental changes and shifts in consciousness of humanity is yeah. going to take place during our lifetime. And we're seeing it all the time. Sometimes we see it as negative, but everything's leading to a positive. So we just got to embrace it. That's a, a lovely outlook to have. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I definitely think there's massive changes in human consciousness and where it's heading, I hope it's heading in the right direction. I think it is. And I think we had a chat before the show and uh, wisely you said that there's going to be, you know, the darkness. We're going to experience these things, but they're all going to take us in the right direction mm. eventually, you know. So yeah, that made yeah, me yeah. feel a bit better. Yeah, and it's like our own shadow side, mm. like we've both had has led us to this place. So it's like we can't poo-poo the dark and slag it off and slate people. We've just got to it actually... It's part it, of the journey, isn't it? It's, it's rocket fuel. Yeah. It's rocket fuel to get you there quicker. Because yeah. if you just like in that perpetual, yeah, this is okay, this is okay. It's like boom, this is fucking horrific. Right, we've got to change. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Rather than oh baby step, baby yeah. step, baby step. It's like like my yoga class, it's like the yoga rave, man. Like I say to people, I want you to transform today. I want you to make positive transformation this week. I don't want you to come to a six-week yoga class and mm. you might feel a little better. You might speak in a calm voice. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, let's fucking get on with it. No. 
Yes. No. No, because you might this die morning. tomorrow yeah. and you think, fuck, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to your journey with your band, what's your band called again? Liam Brown and the Love. Liam Brown and the Love. And you actually gigged a lot and yeah. you did an album. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was yeah. the album called? The album was called Forget and Remember, right. which was what the book was going to be called at first. It was yeah. going to be, it was basically going to be a soundtrack for the book. But then it, the book took years for me to get me arse in gear to publish it. Yeah. But yeah, we were gigging around the north of England. Um, first track we ever put on BBC Six Music got played. Um, we got we got quite a bit of radio play. Yeah. But we didn't like it. Didn't get to where I wanted it to get to, or where I had a dream of it getting to. But it was just an amazing experience. Like yeah. it was amazing to play you know, be on stage and I didn't have a singing voice. I learned how to sing. I went to singing lessons yeah. for like months and people probably say, you still can't sing. I'm not asked. I'm 10 times better than what I was at singing. Yeah. I sounded horrific on them early recordings and just, just learn it. You seem like in a lot of ways you like me were, I'll have an idea and then it'll come into fruition and I'll get excited about it, be passionate about it. I'll take it so far and I'll get to a point and I think, oh, I've done that now. And then I'll go this way and somebody said, why are you not doing that? Yeah, you yeah, know, because, yeah. you know, you potentially you've been relatively successful and potentially you could do something with that. And I say, no, I'm doing this now. Yeah. And I'm always, whatever I'm feeling in that moment, then I pursue that. And mm -hmm. I usually take it to a certain point where when something, when I stop deriving pleasure and joy from something, then that's usually the wind out of my sails and I, onto something else yeah yeah you know? and that's i think that's what it was with the act with the acting people are going oh you're going to do some more acting i was like it's not a case of that i said i've got to get an agent which you can't be asked doing and then i've got to start going to auditions which i don't like auditions i went if somebody mm. comes to me in a few years and go and and at all that time i'm creating some sort of level of angst because yeah. i it's like, i'm gonna go for this but it might be a waste of time and it's splitting up my day from like at the moment, I'm loving, I'm doing ceremonies, I'm teaching yoga, I'm having a really positive impact on a vast amount of people. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do that through acting. That's not no, my path. No, but no. in a few years, if someone says, oh, Liam, is a little part here for you. Like, I think you'd be cracking at it. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. But I ain't auditioning. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> You're letting it flow, aren't exactly, you? Exactly, man. You're exactly. letting it flow. One thing, you didn't tell us the name of your second film. The one that went to Tribeca. Lo Lotus Eaters. Because you actually mentioned Lotus when we were talking earlier. You referenced Lotus. Lotus. Flower, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lotus Eaters sounds bad. I don't know what the... Lotus Eaters is a... I can't remember what a Lotus Eater is. But yeah, it's something Yeah, it's something that eats beauty. <laughs> In 2017 then, with your notes, that's when you went back to India and that's when you did your yoga training. Yeah. So at this point, reading... Your story, you'd think that, okay, you, you're on a spiritual journey, you're starting to heal, you're starting to feel a lot better. But then come 2018, you had another breakdown or another, you know, a period of... Yeah, but I see it as a, as another awakening, as another yeah. kick up the arse of another, like, getting me back on my path properly. Because this, this book had not been released, been sat on my laptop. I'd had a couple of little edits, little yeah. revisions and stuff, but... It, it was nothing happening. I'd sent it off to publishers. I got offered a couple of deals that weren't suitable. No. I didn't want to hand over all the rights exactly. to everything. Yeah. Um, 
You didn't want to get, get a check every 12 months. Exactly. If and you're I'm lucky. Like, and they take out for that. Oh, well, more, yeah. yeah. You know, you end up with like 20p a book or yeah. something. And I was just like, I wasn't, nothing, nothing sat right. And then I was in France that summer and I was just like, right, I need, I've got to publish, I've got to self-publish. Mm. I don't know how to do it. I was scared of self-publishing because I was like, it sounds like loads of work. Mm. So I was, and then, boom, Google self-publishing, 46 steps to self-publish your book. Bosh, right, let's crack on. A lot of work, got my head down for six months, didn't stop creating covers, getting it edited, getting it proofread, getting everything yeah. boxed off, learning how to format stuff, learning about websites like Upwork where you can get stuff done that I was getting quoted three and a half grand for that cost me 350 quid on Upwork yeah. and the standard was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, how can I create this through my means? You know what I mean? And it yeah. was a beautiful, beautiful experience. I've made some amazing connections of designers, graphic designers, artists yeah, all yeah. over the world. It's been amazing. Like, yeah. and I own it. Yeah, that's a big thing, was a big thing for me. And like you, I just threw myself in at the deep end and I just had to figure it out as I went along. And mm. I made some mistakes along the way and did things that I now know there's better ways of doing them. But you learn quick, don't you? Totally. You know, yeah, throw yeah. somebody in the water and just sink or swim, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. so. But it's just taking that first leap of like, right, I'm going to do this. Even if I fall on my arse and look like a dick, I'm going to do this. And you have that thing in your head, who am I to be a writer? What have I ever written? Do you know what I mean? What that sort of negative chat, like who who do you think you are? You're just from a council estate. You can't write a book. Like everyone's going to laugh at you. Everyone's going to think it's ridiculous. You're talking about God. Everyone's going to, all your mates are going to fucking start yeah. throwing shit at you. I'm just like, boom, get rid of that. Yeah. Those are just negative thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with a book as well, when you've written a book, you can't unwrite it. Once it's out there, it's out there. And once mm. I'd made the decision that I was just going to say it like it was and talk about things that mm. I'd been advised not to talk about, which included steroids, drugs, violence. Uh, there's a big list of things. And Dog shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not in the book. <laughs> but people said, that, you know, you don't do that. You don't want to tell everybody that this happened mm. or that happened. And I went, no, actually I do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel at peace by... And it makes it easier for other people to relate to it. Well, but I would say this as well about being a pioneer. There's lots of people that experience things and want to talk about things and they're frightened and they, they're worried about what people think. When you said, you know what, I've had mental health problems, shit ain't working out so good. Mm. I used to take drugs because I couldn't cope. I was violent. I did things that I'm not proud of and all this. Mm. And somebody else goes... Oh, right. Well, I did too. I'm, I'm yeah, not the yeah, only yeah. one. And then yeah, yeah. you start to open um, a conversation, an interaction, and it gets people talking, mm. you know, and that's really healthy, I say in the book. You can't learn anything if you don't talk about everything until you have an open and honest conversation and have all the information, mm. all the facts, and you share that. How can how can you learn anything? How can somebody else benefit from that? You've got to You've got to say it like it is. And mm. it's frightening at first because, you know, you've, you've got lots. I had lots of insecurities. And totally, yeah. Well, because you, 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 you're, you're just bringing on ridicule. Like yeah. it will, and it will come, but ridicule is the tribute paid by the mediocrities to the genius. That's an Oscar Wilde quote. Well, that's a nice like, quote. Yeah, that's an yeah. amazing quote. I just yeah. repeat that all the time. Like I've, I know, I've had hate mail since yeah. lockdown. I've had this and that. And I'm like, 
Fucking come on. Why are you fueling <laughs> me, you idiots? I'm gonna get bigger <laughs> and bigger. Like I'm gonna get prouder and prouder of owning my own shit. If you yeah. I if I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, like there won't be people that are upset. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, there'll be people upset along yeah. the way. But that's their own hatred. When I get a piece of hate mail, I don't hate the person. I feel sorry for him. I send them love because for them to get the effort to write me, a, uh, to find my address, to anonymously yeah. write me a letter, not only are they scared and in fear, they're full of hate. Yeah. And that's not what I am. No, so no, no. I just send them love. Yeah. I always say that, I won't match somebody else's frequency. If somebody else is emitting a frequency and it's unpleasant and it's wishing me harm and stuff like that, I'll move away mm -hmm. or I'll move around. I will not match that frequency. Yeah, yeah, I won't yeah. do it because that's giving somebody else the power to control my inner emotional state and I won't give that away to somebody exactly, else. Exactly, yeah. you know? And that's power in itself. Yeah. That is like sacred masculinity. Give us your Oscar Wilde quote again. again. Uh, ridicule is the tribute paid by the mediocrities to the genius. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The amount of geniuses that existed that were ridiculed in their time. All of them. You know, yeah, yeah. All of them. Pretty much. So it's like, yeah. if I'm getting ridiculed, I'm doing something right. So Jesus. Please keep ridiculing me, people. <laughs> keep it coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, crucify him. Galileo, exactly. lock him up. Exactly. You know, and people it, still don't see it. No, no. This bit, he's an idiot. He's it, an idiot. It's, it's this simple, though. In order to be a genius, you have this herd of sheep the masses and then a genius will stand out from the crowd and mm -hmm. will have a genuine new idea or new thought mm -hmm. and everybody else is in the comfort zone and they don't like this they don't yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't want to know mm -hmm. the truth yeah, yeah. and somebody will have a new idea and then this person will be ostracized chastised usually put in prison or killed mm -hmm. and then a hundred years later we look back and think oh he was right yeah and that, that's <laughs> happened all the way through history yeah yeah that's why that's why at the moment i'm happy to get crucified, killed, put in prison, whatever. Because the first time in my life, I actually feel like I'm doing something for yeah. the greater good. Yeah. Hopefully I won't, but who knows? I'm not bothered. I'm not attached no. to that. I think it's part of your journey. When you start to do what you do, do what you're doing, being yourself and experience joy and bliss and follow your heart and doing something really positive like you're doing now, mm. you will always get people that don't like it. Somebody somewhere will have a problem with it. And whether it's because... You're, it's sometimes it's jealousy. Mm -hmm. That's an emo, human emotion. Other times it's because other people want to do what you do and, and are frightened and whatever. And so because they can't achieve mm -hmm. their goals, quite often what they do is try and bring you back down, you know, yeah, yeah. and rather than elevate themselves, they bring you to their level. That's what they try and do. Mm -hmm. and I realize now there will always be somebody when you're on your path, there will be somebody that doesn't like what you do. I've had some unpleasant messages mm. and the first time it bothers you, the second time, not so much. And after that, it's few and far between, but I don't let it bother me now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I get quite good at just going, well, doof, force yeah, field. that's, that's doof, a shame. Doof, 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 you know, doof, yeah. it's not somebody asking for help. This is when somebody's been quite unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but there we go. Yeah, but I think like when you are talking about before the violence and stuff, like for me, even just like Tyson Fury has been openly talking about his mental health yeah. issues, which is so beautiful. I think he's such an inspiring, yeah. inspiring character, the journey that he's been on and his story is like, but in that world, you know what I mean? That super strong, yeah. well, toxic masculinity, a lot yeah. of people who follow that world, you know, fighting, yeah. oh, he's harder than him, he's harder. Yeah. Who cares? 
two boxers coming together. Yeah, we do. You know, yeah. we want that. They've both committed to that. It's not like he's beating him up and he doesn't know he's being abusive towards him. You know what I mean? They've both bought into it. And, that, you know, you get some yoga teachers. Oh, it's toxic masculinity boxing. It's like the Bhagavad is about war. Yeah, right? that's right. So I have that. What would Ty- Imagine if Tyson Fury wasn't a boxer. He wasn't Boxing wasn't allowed. He wouldn't be filling, fulfilling his genius. He wouldn't be living his life. He wouldn't be succeeding, you know what I mean? No. There's certain things people are born to do. And be, nobody would be listening to what he has to say now either. Exactly. And, be such a, and he's got a good message. Yeah. So, exactly. It's like yeah. talk about your mental health. Most of us are going through, most blokes especially, are going through mental health problems. Yeah. Yeah, well, this I say this as well. The reason why male suicides are so high especially in young men is the condition not to express them their emotion don't be so soft mm-hmm. son stiff upper lip and all this and if you if you keep suppressing that emotion it's going to come out in some way and it usually comes out in young men in anger and that's why they're so easily enlisted and dragged mm-hmm. into the army because they convinced that you know given a false sense of national pride and that you know they're doing it to protect the families and all this but really they're being lied to and yeah, yeah, half yeah. the stuff that they're being told isn't true and we're actually the ones doing the pillaging the raping mm-hmm. going in and taking oil and the natural resources of the country you can exactly. see i can get on about this but i'm not going to <laughs> so yeah, can i bro yeah <laughs> what i want to talk about now is believe it or not we've arrived yoga raves, yoga right? raves. so we're doing yoga raves now what i think's brilliant and I, we talked about it in the last show about not taking yourself too serious as well, being able to laugh at yourself. And there's a couple of pictures. And maybe, maybe you don't see the funny side. I'm assuming you do. But you've got multicolored leggings on. You're jumping up yeah, in the yeah. air, spinning around. And I just think it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it in my 20s, to be honest. I would no. have been too self-conscious. Um, but I think I just started doing yoga. And I was like, shorts and stuff didn't... It was nothing for boys to wear. So I just started wearing my friends leggings yeah i just started wearing leggings for yoga and then i've always wore leggings for yoga now girls leggings i wear girls leggings for yoga i've cross-dressed for years i've wore women's clothes for years people don't notice don't look at me and go he's a cross-dresser but and i don't feel like i'm a cross-dresser but i wear girls clothes if i like them if they suit me or if i feel like they bring me joy, do you know what I mean? We so, used to go clubbing, go back to my house, and we'd all, I, I'd have, I have quite a few dresses. We'd all put dresses on filled up. I've been at parties like that. Yeah, it's funny. funny. And yeah. I'd have people come to the door, doorman coming to the door saying, can I come in? And we'll come and, yeah, we'll come and party. And I went, no, if you don't put a dress on, mate. And he went, like, what do you mean? I said, if you put a dress on, you're not coming in. And I make him put a dress on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean, when people's heart are o- hearts are open. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. have done that when he first started the no, night. No, <laughs> But Yoga Rave, now I've seen on YouTube, you've got some promo videos and, mm-hmm. and things like this. You've got a DJ. Yeah, live DJ, yeah. Yeah, who does that? It depends who we're working with. Like, we've got two day DJs that I work with. One's called Patricia. She's an ecstatic kind of five rhythms-esque DJ. And a yeah. girl called Ray. Um, who the same same kind of background? I work with them too. I used to work with a DJ called Shah, um, and we just who, we we'll, we'll work with whatever DJ is like. I'll ask you a couple of questions, and yeah. the people might be thinking this: How does it work? You go in, you start your class, maybe doing your yoga stretches as normal, your yoga poses and things like this, and then you have the rave at the end, or you start with the no, rave. No, no. Or... So it's it's all it's all interspersed within the experience. So we right. get we rock up. It's an event. You rock up. Sit down, you socialise, you make connections with other 
yogis, other people. You have chats. You can we we serve cacao at the raves, so it's a oh, heart really? opening medicine. So everybody's like. Sometimes we'll have like little cacao beans as pills, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a little bit of music on. I And I'll do a bit of shamanic drumming at the start or I'll do some poetry. And then we'll, I'll do an intro. It's kind of like, almost like a stand-up. I'll speak about some sort of philosophical Indian story and then I'll yeah. bring it into whatever's going on with my life or what's going on in the world at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, all light-hearted and I'm just trying to empower people and build them up, build this energy up in the space. Then we do yeah. something called the chakra dance, which is a choreographed, well, it's not choreographed, it's a specific piece of music that moves through the seven chakras. Right. So grounding, yeah. sexy, warrior, heart-opening, blissful, loud, shouty, uh, Ashna chakra, controlling your mind, meditation, being peaceful, opening up to the divine nature of yourself and the divine nature of the universe. So we build the chakras, that's powerful in itself. Then we'll sing mantra like Gati Gati Paragati Parasangati Bodhisvaha. That's the yoga rave mantra. It's like, let go, let go. Yeah. Please let go for fuck's sake. Let go. Why are you holding on to that shit? You don't need it. Yeah. Bodhisvaha is your divine self, your most beautiful self. Wake up to it. Svaha's amen. Nice one. Thank you. Um, and then we start with sun salutations. So your normal yoga class. Yeah but banging tunes come on straight away. So it's yeah. like acid house, techno, garage, drum and bass, whatever <laughs> it is, boom, through the session, through through a, a dynamic yoga practice. It's full on, it's hardcore, yeah. it's challenging. And then we break, well, we don't break, we don't break, there's no break. We drop two banging heavy duty tunes and people dance to them on the mat or whatever. Yeah. Boom, we're raving, two tunes, bump back into the practice, dance music again, bum, 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 bum. we break two tunes, we rave, drop it down. And how long is this rave? About two, two and a half hours. All right, so it's long then, yeah. It's long. Well, it's Standard people, yoga People classes turn up for four hour. hours, it's an event. Right. People turn up, like, you're getting your money's worth. It's yeah. not, it's, you know, you go to a class for an hour, it's a tenner. Mm. We're, we're, you're there for f four hours, it's 25 quid. Yeah. It's like, and you're getting a live DJ. It sounds awesome. It's it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's like, as soon as I did it, I was just like, this is what, it was just the moment I'm like, this is my thing. This yeah. is what I should, this is my energy is aligned with this. Yeah. This has been waiting for me. Do you know what I mean? And people have been doing it in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Um, but, Nobody can do a Liam Brown yoga rave. No. It's not possible. That's not saying no. mine's any better or worse. Well, they won't know where them. to find the leggings that you were. Exactly, uh, Where are they going to get those? <laughs> Lucy Lockett Loves is the <laughs> leggings place uh, that we get, that we they, they beautifully gave us the leggings. Liam, if somebody wants to come and do a cacao ceremony with you, mm -hmm. or if somebody wants to do a yoga rave, yeah. First of all, maybe tell us your website and how they get in touch with you. Uh, www.liambrown.com. Brown's got an E on the end. Brown with an E. Brown with an E. I was Brown sick of e. telling police people that when I was younger. <laughs> with an E. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's ironic as well, isn't it? I know, yeah. <laughs> Liam Brown with an E. We know, we know him. <laughs> Always. Have you said that before? I've not said oh, that before. Oh, it's brilliant. Always. <laughs> Back in the, the day. Great response, <laughs> So, Liam Brown with an E is the website. Yeah, now, I've seen Liam your Brown website. Website. It's a good website. And Thank you. It's got lots of 
information on there. Lots of different categories. It's all broken down. And if somebody wants to do something, they go there and that's where Yeah, they get... just go on to that. the events, what we've got coming up are all on there. So yeah, we've just had, just had a yoga rave. Cacao ceremonies are pretty regular. I've been doing them every couple of weeks yeah. um, in my bell tent at my house. Like, yeah. it's been amazing. Like, the, the, the healing and... Like, it's a really beautiful kind of tonic to the yoga rave it's more it's you know it's very calm it's shamanic there's no rave music it might be some like heavy drumming like but it's it's for your own inner work the cacao ceremony is very very like you're there to do work to to create to get rid of barriers and blockages around your heart so you can live a life full of more fun and laughter like to enjoy every minute of whatever you're doing See, I've, I've had cacao, but I've not done a cacao ceremony. I've done, mm-hmm. you know, cambo, mimosa, wachuma, yeah. ayahuasca, and all these other things. But uh, I've not done the cacao ceremony. Mm-hmm. And at first, because I was told what it was, I'd made assumptions about it, because I've got friends that do the cacao ceremony. Mm-hmm. Even, believe it or not, I've got quite a few friends that do it, and I've still never done it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the ceremony. But then the more I read about it, sometimes the subtle experiences can be the most powerful mm. and beautiful as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, although ayahuasca is traumatic and a lot of healing occurs and cacao might be subtle, mm. I am learning with age, I think, that subtle experiences can be also transformative. Totally, yeah, yeah. And it's just it, it's just an easier nurturing medicine. Like the biggest, the best analogy is basically that, like, you know, your ayahuasca, your San Pedro, your um, aboga, these really yeah, strong yeah. psychedelic experiences yeah. that's they take you to this door of perception yeah and they just fucking take you through bosh you come in on a journey boom you have you've got re- not really got that much control over where you're being taken like you're gone you've consumed bosh through the door yeah, you, bosh, le- you leave gone. this realm for a while yeah whereas cacao is like come on like this way here's the door opening the door for you now your turn. Your turn to go and go and do yeah. your journey. Go and do yeah. your own work. Cacao is just a gentle guide, and you can go. I've seen people go as deep as those other places with cacao, but right. only if they take themselves there. If they've yeah. got that ability, so some that level wisdom. of choice there. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ayahuasca, like you say, uh, ibogaine. Yeah, these, yeah. These just you leave this realm. There's a lot of drugs mm. we have. DMT, in this. yeah, same yeah. thing. The thing with DMT is it takes you up and down, throws you up and throws you down rather than gently up and gently down. People <laughs> think that ayahuasca is over eight hours or six hours, whichever. Yeah. And so they're like more fear involved because mm. it's a long period and time, there's no concept of time when you're there. And if you're exactly, in hell, yeah. you're there forever. Yeah. You know. Whereas with DMT, they think, well, the last 10 minutes, what's the problem? But you've no concept of time. Feel, so those I've, 10 minutes, if you're in hell, it's the same difference. I've been, I feel like I've been there for a thousand years when I've been on a DMT yeah. trip and just, and the integration back has been worse than anything I've ever experienced on ayahuasca. Yeah. But empowering at the same time, <laughs> because when you've been chopped up, thrown in the universe, <laughs> disconnected from reality, you've got no way of ever coming back. When you come back to earth, you're like, oh yeah, bus is late, so what? <laughs> <laughs> You've no idea where I've just been. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It does. Uh, it changes your perception, doesn't it? It makes you realise that a lot of the things you experience in your day ain't really that big of a problem. Just to talk about the yoga rave again, because yeah. for me, it's just like such a phenomenal 
event and experience and it's we're breaking into the music industry with it now we got booked on a couple of festivals for this year that got cancelled yeah um but we're gonna be like the event you know the daytime event at music festivals because we're still we're still music but we're wellness as well but we're full power like it's it's attractive it's not just a, a yoga class a calming yoga classes it, yeah. it's full power um so we're kind of bridging that gap between the two but when i started it, i thought it was just going to be a piece of entertainment it's yoga attainment you know what i mean but it's something deeper i'm making people commit to positive change people are feeling amazing for a week afterwards coming to me what else can i do and i'm yeah. guiding them to other things you know what i mean people think they're coming to you you're lifting them up and you're just letting them go on their own and it's like yeah you don't know that. You don't know what I'm doing afterwards. I had an email the other day telling me that yoga rave was against all yogic principles. And I was <laughs> like, well, you've been to a yoga rave? Do you know what goes on? Or just the words, okay, what if I called it dog shit yoga? Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it was just like the most beautiful yoga class ever. Like yeah. you don't know what the name is representing. I think what you said, which is about bridging this gap, is quite interesting, is a lot of spiritual practices, you slow down. Mm. And you go inwards and you, you have inner peace and you go on a journey, whichever. Mm. Or you've got, you know, you're doing, I don't know, body pump or something like this. And it's a very outward and mm. you exert yourself. But there's very few spiritual practices or far less. There are some where you exert yourself mm. where you, and, and it's different. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's unusual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people are just absolutely adoring it and. I love it. I love teaching it. I love the energy we create in the space. Um, and anyone who sort of has, has a go at it, yoga's all about unity consciousness. Yeah, Allowing people to do whatever they want to do. And people are telling me it's, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Um, cultural re reappropriation, whatever that word is. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, what shall I tell everybody in the world to stop playing cricket and football? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, yoga is to spread. Actually, yoga's roots was for Brahmins, which are the elites in India. That's it wasn't right. for anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, like, don't, don't get tied up with what other people are doing. Yeah. Just do your it thing, It doesn't man. have to fit into a Stop box, Stop dissing, like, yeah. I don't, like, goat yoga. I don't get it. I've never done it. Probably don't want to do it. But I'm not going to say, don't do dope yoga. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's not real yoga. I don't know. Yeah. Never experienced it. Maybe you have a beautiful spiritual connection with a goat. I have no idea. Yeah. I think it looks good. <laughs> you have a yoga a goat on your back while you're doing yoga. It's brilliant. I like Get a little massage. Sometimes my friend gets on my back massage. when I'm doing doing yoga and it's cool. You know what I mean? I have a little four-year-old on my back yeah. and I'm doing that's a bit away. It's fun. I know myself from running was predominantly meditation was always my go-to. Now for me, on a Saturday especially, if I can, I put my running gear on, I disappear in the hills for a few hours, I go for mm -hmm. a big long run on the trails, and that's exerting myself. And once I'm about an hour into any endurance sport, and it becomes meditative, and I end up mm -hmm. focusing on my breathing. So exerting yourself can be very spiritual. Totally, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, with anything, when you exert yourself, mm -hmm. you end up, your attention eventually yeah, yeah. comes back inwards to the breath. Yeah, because that's what we always do. We do the... That we do the the raving, and then we bring it back. Boom, we have stillness. Yeah. We have the hundred and ninth bead on the mala. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. we give gratitude. We feel how the body's feeling. We feel the breath. We feel how beautiful everything feels around us. We take joy, and mainly we just feel gratitude for that moment, for the artist who's played the music, for the space that we're in, for the DJ. 
but we feel gratitude, so we always bring it back. So that's what people love. It's not just da, 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 bye. It's like yeah. da, 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 boom, da, yeah. da, 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 boom, every time, and that just gives people a, a sense of enrichment. It's almost like the breath that expands. <gasps> yeah, exactly. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Expanding and contracting like yeah. that. This this beautiful rhythm of life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm all over it. I'm, I'm feeling it, definitely. You have to come, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We need more brothers. Yeah. I don't have as many men men at me stuff as I'd like to. No. Kind of what, I, you know, because yoga is very feminine dominated. Um, Most classes. I've been to, I've done hot yoga as well, and, mm. and predominantly it's women. There's usually the odd bloke, yeah, but yeah, predominantly yeah. it's women. Yeah, yeah. You know. It was just me when I first started. Just me and women. It's yeah. like, yeah, in, man, in I your, do. In your tights. Wrapping up the start of the class yeah. and... <laughs> <laughs> pouring chocolate down your neck and yeah, yeah, yeah love it good 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 Liam are you on social media so what are you on yeah so Instagram is Liam Brown love Facebook Liam Brown love um, the website is liambrown.com yeah um, and I YouTube know, I don't know what else we're on we're on YouTube yeah I think that's Liam Brown love as well right I'm not as not as up on the YouTube as I'd like to be so if anybody searches Liam Brown with an E or Liam Brown with an E with love on the end on most they'll social get, media platforms they'll find you they'll get us on yeah Facebook yeah Instagram yeah. definitely and your book's on Amazon book's on Amazon yeah. and there'll be a link for that in your website as well yeah there's, there's yeah. links to that in the website or just type in dealer to healer on Amazon you'll yeah. you'll find it um, or type in my name I've got another little book called Hitchhiking and I've got another little book coming out soon about ayahuasca and another book coming out hopefully before Christmas which is a book of poetry and songs that's right. called uh, Dealer Forget Healer Remember right the mixture of the two titles you were yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. Forget and Remember and yeah. Dealer to you're going to be a prolific author. Who knows? Yeah, I haven't got good. anything else planned in the, in the <laughs> pipeline, so probably years in the, in the future. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I wrote the second book, which is Moving Forward, Learning How to Glide, which mm. is elevating yourself and propelling yourself forward using surrounding energies with zero resistance, with zero effort, mm. in harmony with natural law. Yeah. And that book has been written shortly after the first book, two years ago, and I've still mm. not published it yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. So... I have so many passions and projects that mm. I start doing something and then I get distracted and I'm on something else then. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. that'll happen when it's when it's when ready. Time's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's almost there. And it's there, yeah. It's you've done the main body of the work, so yeah. it's just waiting. Mm. Liam, it's been an absolute and I'll swear a fucking pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show. Really has. I've I'm so glad you came. Really enjoyed doing the interview with you. You made me laugh a lot. I found loads of synchronicities and alignments in our journeys and similarities. And yeah, I think we're going to be mates. Thank you, brother. I've really enjoyed it. And you're an amazing host, interviewer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've loved the, loved the day and hanging out with you. Thank you very much. So thanks for watching, everybody. And I'm going to leave the show tonight with a quote from a book from Pills to Peace. You can start in the sewers and finish in the stars. And just by taking a look at Liam's life or my life, for example, no matter how bad you think things are, you can always start today by making some good decisions and moving forward and moving towards the light, experiencing joy and bliss on a daily basis. This has been Midnight McBride and... I'll see you the same time next week. You can catch me on the radio every Monday night for the Mind, Body and Spirit show or Midnight Till Midnight. And that's on Salford City Radio, 94.4 FM. 
You can buy the first book from Pills to Peace on Amazon and it's also available in Kindle format and the audiobook which is on iTunes and audible.com and ACX amongst others. You can get me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. You can go to my website midnightmcbride.com and you can also watch this show every week on YouTube and it automatically comes out three days later on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, etc. as an audio podcast. Shalom. Thank you.